So, here we are. And uh, a few things. I don't really have a system of, of practice. I have an, atti an attitude of practice. I have a sense of directness of practice. I don't really have a system. Um, I don't feel that good about systems in general. I mean, they're useful, but they can eventually kind of curtail what we're trying to what we're trying to drop into. They can become another set of programs that you're running. So part of this uh, theme of the retreat is about really recognizing some of the systems that are built into our minds in terms of progress, achievement, speed, getting there, getting results, you know, and this stuff which is so endemic in uh, society and I find it's a really big obstacle to awakening. We're trying to almost we're trying to wake up out of that model of becoming business business model, you know, to get to the point, get on get faster, get there quicker, there's something wrong with you if you're faltering, everything is, you know, is a hindrance. And rather than just taking the time to linger and be able to chew over and process what's arising more naturally in our, in our awareness. You know? So bear in mind, you know, clearly I'm going to give some instructions, um, try to guide themes as we go along, probably change. Um, some features of monastic retreat is the devotional aspect. Um, clearly, the devotional, we're doing a bit of ritual chanting. You may do some of that in your own place, your own practice. This is a, a feature of monastic life, and it's not just it's not just a wrapping, you know, it's a decorative, but actually a particular touching into a certain area of mind or awareness, which is about openness. Faith, inspiration, touching into value, lifting up, rising up. It's not an intellectual process, it's an emotional process of lifting the heart, you know, opening and lifting the heart. Um, so that's going to be part of it. Uh, I think really helpful. Because it does help to reduce the amount of, I got to do this, I am doing my meditation. It's more like um, my heart is rising, lifting to what's valuable you know, and important for me. And so we use chanting because chanting is essentially a very full-bodied thing, whereas speaking is just up here and often just here. Chanting is from here to here. The whole body puts it out there. So when the body comes in, your heart comes in. Uh, so, one of the things that we are tending to suffer from is a certain disembodiment in our life because we're very much associated with screens and words and concepts such as Thursday, next Tuesday, by Wednesday, you know, stuff. So, we're living up in a very verbal, abstract world. And you look at the pace of life, often people are living on really on wheels, 
they're just up in their heads rushing forward. This is a very much more embodied. It's not just to be super slow, but to recognize until you've got the full body, your heart doesn't open. Or all of your heart doesn't open. The key to full-heartedness is full-bodiness. Until you're fully embodied, you're only, you're not really, really here. And there's bits that you skip over. So, um, you know, this embodiment thing is going to be a feature. I hope these are all pieces that you can take with you to some degree. Because you all have bodies. And they can be an incredible refuge for you. Get out of the, the spin in the world of the verbal telecommunication experience. And to just feet on the ground, here I am. Don't know, you know. Something where you've got some groundedness. So, part of this retreat will also be doing some Qigong. Some people don't, can't do Qigong, I'll find themselves totally confused by it. But it's an offering. Everything we're doing is really like, it's an offering, it's not like you've got to do this. It's like, this is what I'm presenting, I'm encouraging it, make an effort with it, if it's not working for you, then it doesn't, nothing works for everybody. <laughs> as far as I can make out, there's no final system, nothing works. <laughs> <laughs> That's the that's the steal. Get over it. <laughs> but there's bits and pieces you can start to assemble for yourself. Uh, so walking clearly, a bit of qigong. Also, what I'm going to hopefully uh, move into because I'm never quite clear what feels right for the group is a little bit of relational experience. Uh, you actually do meet to a degree in a very uh, carefully held form. More of that later. Um, so these are things that, to, because you are living with people. So, so often we come from very, you know, highly socialized uh, uh, stuff, you know, daily life, to switch it off, go on retreat. But then how do you bring that back into your, you know, your interpersonal life. I'd like you to learn some skills uh, with that. Again, we'll see how that goes. We will we'll recognize a lot of summer uh, practice, meditation practice is about, you know, finding forms that you put your, your awareness into. It's a breathing form, walking form, got a system that works for you, put your awareness into that particular form. And uh, so this is very much a principle of the mind often needs a channel to run down out of it and to spill out and just get dragged, dragged out by all kinds of random, desultory, not necessarily helpful, and sometimes downright unwholesome stuff in our environment. We live in this large socio-cultural field with all kinds of stuff going on in it and it doesn't take long to recognize a lot of that is either a waste of time or directly uh, unskillful, damaging. So the mind needs a channel to, to settle in because we all live in an environment that's important to 
decide what environment we're going to live in, in terms of at least our psycho, spiritual, emotional, intentional being, you know, your body's in this, but where's your heart, mind, awareness going, you know? And so, you know, precepts are just another form, another sense of finding a form to put your yourself in, behavioral form, and, uh, and recognize it's just like meditation, it's definitely is a practice, it's not, it's definitely a thing that you do it, you can recognize your mind kind of swiveling around, and no, you do this, and it gives it a sense, this is where you belong, this is your orientation, we all need something, to place to live, a feeling we belong to something, we are somewhere, and realizing that, you know, you look just in terms of geography or urban or whatever, living there is mixed at best. Uh, yeah, certainly you've got those physical addresses, but really these are just one. Yeah. What, what, how useful is that? The aim of living in virtue is you're living in a place which is never going to let you down. It's free. Uh, and you have say over it. Nobody can take it away from you. You have say over it. Uh, if you're old or sick or poor or whatever, you still got that. They can't evict you. There's <laughs> 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 nobody saying you're not allowed in here. <laughs> so you just rest of it, you know, comes and goes, doesn't it? Even happiness, you kind of live in happiness, but you can live in the happiness of recognizing, well, I've got no regrets about what I'm doing. There's that kind of happiness, which is happiness, which is feeling clean. And it's important just not to take precepts, but to, to really recognize and dwell upon, not just the letter of the law, but the spirit, you're fashioning a form uh, to let your mind rest in, to absorb the qualities of that of that channel, yeah. conscience, concern, sensitivity, uh, freedom from regret, uh, you know, uh, just as a basis. Most is about not doing. Yeah. Doesn't mean you've got to be great or perfect or wonderful or speedy or first or is it just no, it's not it's not about you know that kind of performance thing. It's, it's kind of rock bottom really. <laughs> it's about not doing. <laughs> and this is you think, well yeah, this is important because you can linger in what that means. Yeah, it's available for everyone. Yeah. And it gives the mind something to steady itself and something to belong to and to measure yourself if you do any measuring, which, yeah, of course, we don't want to be judgmental, but we do measure ourselves. We do feel, well, I didn't do this right, or I'm not very good at that, or people would think I'm this, or whatever. You know, we do do that. And this is where, when that stuff's coming up, you can say, yeah, yeah, but this is what I'm really placing myself in. Uh, and okay, I did say something stupid. Okay, learn. You learn something. Yeah? And, you know, Results left, so now you can try and understand what happened there and look into it and recognize 
Yeah, but like a lot of time you didn't. <laughs> you didn't kill, steal, lie, and so forth. Uh, did you ever chalk that one up? Uh, and actually get a feeling from why why do this? You know, because it's it's actually quite it's the nature of mind. It's the nature of mind when it's not when it's steady. It feels like this. It has a sense of mutuality, which is what it's basically about. There's other people, there's other beings here who count for me, and there's a sense of you know, um, it sets you straight. Then you feel some dignity, some work. Measure yourself against a lot of, a lot of other qualities you don't feel sets of work. You don't feel you're ever good enough at this or that. Or, you know, or you look at someone's got a better deal than I got. These kinds of things. But with this, everybody's got the same deal. <laughs> and uh, it's something you can rest in. Big feature of meditation life is the ability to linger, to get out of speed next, what next, what next, into rhythm next. You know, this is what arises, but I'm not rushing towards it. It will rise its own sweet time. So we get that sense of. You know, poise and virtue is something to, to get yourself into because you don't have a system to do that. You know, complicated things, just you rest in that quality and take it in. And this is a very important part of any Dharma practice. It's not just that do it, but also drink it in so the mind, the chitta, the heart is fed by it, nourished by it. Recognizes itself in that. You're not this scrambled person. Well, that's part of it, but essentially, this, this baseline, you are this quality of, of mutual awareness of other beings and a sensitivity to their welfare and my welfare and how we can get on. You know? That's the essence of it. This relate, you've also got things that really deal with. Um, the ways I can kind of fidget it out, where I can kind of distract myself from dealing with what's bothering me. <laughs> you know, like the casual nibble or switch something on to, you know, to double the pain. <laughs> uh, you know, distract from the, what my mind is doing. And this is understandable. We'll do that. But um, you realize, yeah, uh, doesn't mean you, make, you, you weaken the potential. You weaken the potential. You need, so strengthening. Yeah. And this is the kind of renunciation principle. And to make it brief, it hurts. Too much, you know, but it's always something that sense of, oh, I wanted to, and uh, just one of those. What's the problem with that? Just one of those, one, just one of those. <laughs> 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 but here it's like, 
you know, it's not that tough really, it's just sexuality, we're clearly in, in true ethical sense, you're aware of sexuality towards other beings, and that's got to be held very carefully, we see massive, horrific abuse of this, this, this energy that we have, and it's all clearly evident, and it's horrifying, the results of it, you know, so people do need that channel to come straight, human beings. And so the retreat period is saying, look, let's make a real firm resolution on this. So you get to learn how to, to just switch it off. You know, stop looking at beings or regarding yourself in that manner. And it's a particular strengthening because if the sexual energy is instead held in the body and heart, you get a certain steady strength and a certain steady warmth. Like I find that the quality of loving kindness being very strong and steady when there's no sense of um, the energy is different from sexual energy. It's different. And it's very satisfying. And we enter into mutuality through that. Clearly, you're in a relationship, then these things can be conjoined. So here we just recognize that we can live in a sense of warmth and uh, uh, relational awareness without um, entering into the sexual domain. The friendly meeting in the evening or afternoon is uh, basically it's a, uh, a resolution which you can do for these few days um, to set up a particular question how much do I need? What do I really need? And just keep that an open question. Because clearly again one of the big issues probably about current situation is we are taking more than the planet can provide. We're entering into massive overdraft and the earth and all the creatures on it are paying the price of our indulgence. Not individual, it's, it's, it's set at the wrong level, uh, in the social level. So this is a way of just testing oneself, checking oneself. Outside of retreat, obviously follow your own you know, uh, patterns, requirements. We're here, we're using this particular guideline of midday. Uh, and so we just put a check on it. So when you get that nipply munchy urge, you can just check that. You really need this to keep yourself going. Yeah. Can you deal with the energy changes? Sometimes you feel a bit peckish, hungry in the evening. Is it such a big deal? You know? Considering some people starving to death, <laughs> it's not such a big deal. And said, so, "Well, I'm contributing to the sense of you know, limiting appetite." And so this again, I think, is just ennobling. Uh, it's not supposed to be penitential. Entertainment, beautification, these are ways in which we again uh, 
work with some of them more, we get bored. Oh, we feel a bit bleak. No. So, doll up, or shop, or <laughs> switch something on. And these are outlets, they're not immoral, but on a treat situation, I'm going to say, well, I don't want to meet that, that, that kind of hungriness, that bleakness in myself, that feeling of boredom, instead begin to fill it up with awareness, with recollection, with mental strength, with emotional kindness and compassion. Yeah. So these then begin to nourish the bits that the snack or the music can't really deep stuff. And certainly most people on retreats are going to touch into some of their their holes, their, their vacuities, where they don't feel so good. And, um, you know, and then the thing is, you try to encourage it rather than just go to the external things to pick you up, come to the internal qualities, patience, kindness, resilience, passion for others, and uh, just shoot body awareness, you know, picking up qualities of your, your body. Because actually, I found that the body feels pretty good living light. The high luxury sleeping place is rather curious, um, rather anachronistic actually, but in 5th century BC India, you know, the living place was on the ground. <laughs> you stretched out your mat on the floor. So it's like really the king would be on the floor, you know, like, like the king or the queen or somebody who would actually have some kind of catch. And that was like, wow. So because then they could kick back and loll in it, whereas you, you lie on the floor, you don't you don't sleep more than a single second longer than you need to, because it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you just be minimalist, and the idea is to to uh, clearly some of you like, like you have sleep issues, but to not basically the sense is to not be just kicked back, lolling around, and then you, you know whether it's how high is is it really an issue. So much as the attitude of using it. Yeah. And again, if, as you're cultivating meditation, it can be through the steadying the energy. <coughs> steadying the energy. So, so we do quite a bit of meditation practice, and our practice is about healing your energies. So you no longer you can zap, rush, and then crash but something steadier, that um, uh, you, you feel more quieter, perhaps you're going to, to slump for a while, and then you come up in a more steady state, relaxed state. So then one doesn't need these things. These are, these are, this is what it's about, really. <coughs> So, for tonight, we'll just spend a little time um, settling in, and I'll 
give some guidelines, some guidance. So get into your favorite meditation punch. And settling the mind into the body channel. By body I mean your your embodiment, your sense, your sense of your your experience of the living body such as it is. Which <laughs> may not be that alive. So, how do you know you have a body? It tells you that, gives you that experience, sensations, feelings, tingling, pressures, heat, shimmering of some kind. And just open the channel of body. Take a few out breaths, focus on breathing out, releasing, relaxing. And in the sense of the out breath, letting your awareness track or follow that out breath <coughs> as if you're breathing out into the ground, into the floor beneath you, chair beneath you. Doesn't have to be too physically specific. Your feet, backside, your thighs, just a sense of breathing down to the ground. And if you kind of almost like lean on that out breath, let it go all the way down and then release, let the in-breath happen like a spring coming up. You can keep your eyes open. And sense the sense of breathing all the way out until the don't breathe in. And it feels like it has stopped and then wait for the in-breath to come by itself. So the out-breath is going to give you the sense of grounding Breathing out, anything you feel you're, you know, you're still holding your shoulders, see if you can bring that message of breathing out to your shoulders, chest, anywhere it feels like it's kind of stuck or hanging on or agitated. Don't force it, but just bring in that message of breathing out ground, draining down to the ground. with each out-breath.
ground. It's not exactly the floor or the feet, it's a sense of the place where things stop. And you can rest there for a microsecond or whatever it is. In breath springs by itself and then in breath you get a sense of it fills, it brings you up. And it also swells. You get a sense of occupying space. Swelling, your body swelling slightly into the space around you which opens. In breath lifting you, coming up through your belly, holding your ribs, your chest, and then up under the collar, like a gentle rising tide. Lifting, straightening, upright. Down. So these two together give you a fall. A fall that has a distinct foundation to it, and a distinct sense of an upright, and it's fluid, it's rhythmic. The mouth is also swelling, occupying space, space opening around you, next chest open. Yeah. That area between, you know, across the top of your chest, your arms can be slightly pinned against your body. You know, really letting your chest open, your shoulders come back. Fully occupying space. The out breath softening. Relaxing. Encourage yourself to stay simply in that rhythm. Don't feel thinking mind operates very fast, runs on, you 
could just take it out of the groove, place it, track this outward, and track the thought, the thing we have to do, the tomorrow, the great idea, the thing we wish we hadn't done. Don't track that. Track the flow of your body breathing out, ground, and the flow of your body breathing in, space, upright, lengthening. This self is just an energy restorer. It allows surplus jangled energy to discharge. Of course, it doesn't discharge in one shot. But the stressful surplus jangled energy gradually, successively discharge and the refreshing natural breathing in begins to charge you up. In back into nature. And you were born with. Before you became a person who was there.
where you go with this is up to you at any particular time, but you can develop through your body, like uh, going down your back, breathing out down your back. Back is tense, prickly, or numb. Focusing on the skin boundary, your face. General theme being anything here that you don't need in terms of bodily holding, like a stuck place, or your fingers, can your feet. Is it possible to send that message, that somatic signal? these areas. So what you don't need, you can discharge, relax that, and then what is helpful, you linger it, and your in-breath is draw that, so a sense of settledness, or inner warmth, restfulness. At home, in your body, any quality like that, Something that doesn't have to be figured out. Any quality in your body, could be in your belly, could be in the back of your throat, could be an overall sense. Any of that quality, tune into it as you're breathing in, and that quality will be distributed through your entire form. Your eyes need some bit of care. Temples, forehead. Breathing in, touching the body internally through something. Benevolent, fruitful, comfortable.
through the nervous system, through the energy channels. What is richer? What is not needed? So, this is a keynote. Of course, the major topic is going to be how can this, uh, any of this transfer into the mind? How can we filter through what's really no longer needed and how that can be released and what is beautiful and how can that be strengthened? Yeah. Your body can be a, a good sign for that because where the body feels bright and refreshed, comfortable, the mind that bonds to that is carrying skillfulness, carrying beauty, carrying you know, your gold.
I'm going to draw the group practice to a close this evening. <clears throat> so, generally I don't really like bells that much. So, just a sense of taking your time to, you know, open up a little. Where you are, stretch. And so there's a sudden jump from one thing to another. <clears throat> get some rest. So this uh, schedule is a template uh, you can use. Of course, uh, come early and come earlier in the morning. You know, sleepless nights get you, then make use of it. Uh, and uh, yeah. but we'll call it time on the group practice this evening. Okay, so let's keep the going. Thank you.